Hello, and welcome to Pop Culture Hangfire with Christian and Gabriel. The podcast where Gabe and I talk about pop culture, and currently we're talking about franchises. This episode, Gabe, we are talking Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. The overall plot of this franchise centers around a fictional character named uh, Freddy Krueger, an apparition of a former child killer who was burned alive by the vengeful parents of his victims. He returns from the grave to terrorize and kill the teenage residents of a fictional Springwood, Ohio, in their dreams. Fun fact, originally... And they it loops back because the the remake of the films, but originally he was supposed to be a former child uh, rapist, but they thought, but there was a there was a at the time there was a big case about that and like the Wes Craven thought that potentially like it would lean it would seem as if they were trying to like you know get in on the current action so yeah. so he he went with that. So active since 1984, and it says technically till present. So I know there's been talks of uh, another remake. So 84 to present, nine movies, one television show, uh, video games, comics, novelizations. Okay, so iconic. What when you think of um, Nightmare on Elm Street, what automatically pops up? The striped shirt. Striped, yeah. That's yeah. I, I, that was my first one too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that it's funny because, like, I you know, you think the blades or whatever. You think the uh, the, the Edward thing, but, like, the shirt, Honestly, yeah. I think the, I honestly think the the shirt is the most iconic thing. Like, if somebody wears a shirt like that, you're like, oh, <laughs> you're wearing a Freddy shirt, and that's coming from some. I've never seen any of the stuff in the franchise. That's funny because yeah, I was gonna say like, I when I when I when I looked at that question for myself, I really thought I was you know I was gonna think the same thing the hands, but no, I went sweater mm-hmm. also. There's a certain silhouette that you can picture him, huh? And it's and it's it, yeah. it, it's a it's a it's the fedora, the sweater, and the claw. Like mm-hmm. if you saw that shadow silhouette, you'd be like, "Oh, Freddy Krueger." <laughs> yep, I know who that is. But yeah, but and definitely, again, I, I can I think I could give a pretty legit opinion of that because like again, I haven't seen them, so I know nothing about like I don't know about the story, you know, other than a very basic framework. But like, yeah. Like I've seen the pop culture references because it it's permeated. So you haven't seen any of these films? Nope. That is surprising. I feel like I've seen them all. As I read, did the research, I was like, "Oh wow, this is a uh, wow." Talk okay. back. So let's start with the first one, right? Um, the basic one, A Nightmare on Elm Street. So this one, some of these I'm actually going to be able to like just tell you off of the top of my head, but. Um, it stars Heather Lang- Langenkamp, John Saxon, Rene Bullockley, Robert Englund as uh, Freddy Krueger, and Johnny Depp in his film debut. It centers uh, around a group of teenagers who are targeted by Krueger, an, an undead former child killer who can murder people through their dreams as retribution against the parents who burned him alive. The film received critical acclaim upon its success, and uh, and since has been considered one of the greatest horror films ever made. Um, so I re- yeah, so I remember this. It was a high school kids. This girl uh, has a nightmare and she sees Freddy, and um, 
she hurts herself in her dream and she wakes up and she has the burn mark and it's odd. And then her friends start to die and then they find out about everything. Uh, and at the end, they defeat him. Uh, well, she defeats him. Um, I think she's the only survivor of her friends. I think they all get murdered, including Johnny Depp. I think he's like one of the last ones that dies. Almost made it. Almost made it. So this one was written and directed by Wes Craven, right? The original. Mm-hmm. Then we go to part two. And it's directed by Jack Shoulder and written by David Chaskin. It stars Mark Patton, Kim Myers, Robert Englund again back as Freddy Cougar, and Robert Rustler. This one is a complete, it is a, not technically a sequel, but it lives in the same world because it follows um, this teenager and his family who just moved into the house that the main character from the previous film was in. Her name was Nancy Thompson. And the reason why I say her name is because her name is going to come up. So after all the murders and everything, she survives the, the thing and the family leaves that town. This new family moves in and Freddie is, is basically fed off of fear. And the more fear you have of him, the stronger he becomes because now you start dreaming about him. You fear him so much. So then he becomes powerful, so powerful within the dreams that he can actually kill you. That's basically where it is. So if people stop believing in Freddy, he would not come back is, is, is basically the, the premise. So, yeah. So in part two, it's basically the first part all over again, right? A whole new cast. And we're all just pretending like this is the first time we're seeing Freddy. We just know he existed before. Not, no, content, no continuity from the previous film. It's just another you know, slasher flick with Freddy Krueger as the main character. So there isn't really much on that one, right? So then we get to part three. So wait, actually, I didn't tell you. Uh, so part two was Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy's Revenge. Part three is Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Warriors. Okay. So directed by Chuck Russell in his feature directorial debut, the story was developed by Wes Craven and Bruce Wagner, and it brings back uh, Heather Langenkamp as as Nancy Thompson, Patricia Arquette, Larry Fishburne, not Lawrence Fishburne. Mm-hmm. Before he was using the name, the more prestigious name Lawrence. Before he graduated. Yep, Priscilla Pointer, Craig Watson, and uh, Robert Englund as uh, Freddy Cougar. So this is an interesting one, right? So. So Nancy Thompson has moved on. She went to college and she became a nurse. No, no, I'm sorry, a a psychiatrist. Sorry, a psychiatrist. And what happens is she goes to a a mental mental institution where there's a lot of teenagers, and and it's it's like the gamut of the gamut of people, right? Like it's almost the Breakfast Club of a psychiatry ward. You know, you have the tough guy, the you know whatever, everything like that, right? So while at that psych ward, she finds uh, um, one of the kids that's dreaming about Freddy. And then she realizes, oh, shit, Freddy's here. Like he's in their dreams, except that this one kid, um, she has the ability to be able to bring others into the same dream. Right. So so basically they're called the dream warriors because once the team realizes that Freddy's hunting them individually, they all kind of like come up with a plan. We're going to go into one dream and we're going to fight them together because in the dream we have special powers. So dream warriors, 
and and I think the reason why they do it is yeah, one of the kids gets trapped by Freddy Krueger and and he's like he's gonna he's gonna kill that person. So they go into into dreamland and they um they go rescue the kid. So in this one definitely like uh you know, they start to expand on the world of of dreamland, I guess, you know, where Freddy lives. Yeah, we start to learn more about that. But it is an interesting concept though, to have a character that can like dream and then bring other mm-hmm. dreamers into the into their their own dream. So it's kind of cool that you know, like the idea of it obviously. And then once they all realize they can control themselves in their dreams, they give each other they give special powers, you know. So it's it's a little wild, but it's there, right? So we move on to Nightmare on Elm Street 4. The Dream Master. So we had the Dream Warriors. Now the Dream Masters. This time, we follow the girl who could dream and bring people into her dream. So it's a direct sequel to the previous one. In this one, um, the the character, she, she, I think at the very beginning of the film, if I remember, her and two friends that survived get killed by by. Um, by Freddy, but she's able to transfer her dream powers to someone else. And because the other girl didn't know that she had those powers, she's been kind of feeding Freddy through the dreams. So it gets a little weird, right? And then she uh, she's able to kind of control Freddy to a certain extent. So that's why she becomes she's the dream master, right? Because she's able to have some sort of control over it. And they're escape being able to escape out of Freddy. You're able to destroy him. So Seemingly, he gets killed. Boom. Nightmare on Tree 4, the Dream Master. Nightmare on Tree 5 is where it got a little weird. Like, real dark shit. Okay? This one's called the Dream Child. So now we have the Dream Warriors, the Dream Master, and the Dream Child. Um, in the Dream Child, we have... Um, directed by Remy Harling and Robert Englund returns as Freddy Krueger. This one, it, it's again a direct sequel. The main character, who's still a high schooler, by the way... Um, and the boyfriend that she had from the previous film have a baby or, or she's pregnant with a baby. And this is where it gets dark because Freddie gets into the baby's dreams Uh-oh. and, and is basically able to like then gain power again to be able to, to murder, which again is, is really, really it's odd that, and, and you know, this technically could be a, a fight for, well, actually, maybe we're not, let's not get political because technically it's it's an unborn child and he's able to get into the dreams of an unborn child. <laughs> <laughs> no statement. Yeah. No yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that That's the story. And that's how Freddy's able to bring himself back to life by using... Um, the the ability to be able to you know go through the dreams of that right then we also in this one we also get a um throwback because i think they do the the origin of freddy where he was he is the son of a nun and if i recall he is the son of a nun who was in a mental institute and she was like raped hundreds of times and he's a product of it something weird and just not good trying to think of the worst thing they can think of yeah you know um freddie uses 
an unborn child's dreams to resurrect himself, and then you find out that Freddy came from the a, a nun who was raped by a thousand maniacs a thousand times or something like that. Hurt people, hurt people. You know, that's actually true. That's actually true. Then, in 1991, we get Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. So, this one is also very interesting. It it literally... So, the way that the, the, that the plot goes is... Um, the town, the fictional town of Springwood, it's been like 10 years, right, since, uh, since the last incident. And in those... Mm-hmm. Well, since the last movie, right? And basically... Freddie has returned and he's killed nearly every teenager in that uh, Springwood, Ohio town. This kid has a nightmare about 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 uh, Freddie. Wakes up in another town, gets picked up by the cops, gets taken to a hospital. There, one of the nurses finds like some papers on his pocket, and they're about Springwood, Ohio. And she says, "You know, we should go over there and see if it helps you remember." Dun dun dun. Obviously. You know, now, now her and three teenagers go into town and Freddy just go to, goes to town on them. And then you find out that Freddy had a kid. And for most of the film, you think it's that kid with the amnesia, but it turns out it's the doctor who was at the other town. Freddy had a daughter. And, uh, and then you find out some real, like, like, uh, supernatural stuff that Freddy's given powers by these demons and, and what they end up having to do is they have to bring Freddy into the real world because if he's in the real world, then he can be hurt. He can't be saved by the dream demons. And uh, and yeah, and they're able to um, they're able to pull him into the real world. So this whole time they were trying to fight him in the dream world. Yeah. But all they had to do was bring him out to where he had to pay bills. Exactly. So, but but you know what? I I will say, I do like that the story continues. You know, like you're not. With the exception of part two, where they just, you know, they were like, well, you know, the first one worked. Let's just repeat it. They started to tell more of the story and it kept going. Um, so you think Freddy's dead, the final nightmare. Um, turns out he's not. So Wes Craven, right, was there for the first one. Then the second one, the sequel was terrible. He wrote the third one, got the franchise back up. Then they ruined it again with four and five. <laughs> So now we're back with, we, it's called the uh, um, New Nightmare. So Nightmare on Elm Street, New Nightmare. And this is very meta, dude, because the film is about a fictional reality, right? So in the film, they're making Nightmare on Elm Street films. Oh, my God. Yeah. They jumped the shark. Yeah. So here, like, Robert Englum plays himself as well as Freddy. So all the characters from the first film are themselves filming the film. (laughs) So what ends up happening is they're filming a horror film and it turns out Freddy Krueger is a real evil entity that has been trapped in some fictional realm and he's crossed over through the movies and been made real. So it's trying to escape into the real world in this case. So it's an evil entity, not necessarily who lives in dreams, but but can, you know, anyway, he's trying to come into the real world, basically. And because it's a it's a because it's a it's a spirit, it actually thinks that what happened in the film is real. 
So he's afraid of the main character because the main character has actually killed him, technically. <laughs> so it's it's very interesting, though. Um, it's very interesting in that sense um, because, like, the Freddy entity, like, kidnaps the son and um, and uh, and she has to go and, like, basically destroy him as her real self, like her fake character self did in the movie. That's funny. So that was very interesting, yeah. Um and then we go into the Freddy versus Jason movie, right? As you okay. rec- as you recall, we talked about this one. Basically, Jason Voorhees is uh, against Freddy. So Freddy has grown weak because of the lack of people's fear in his hometown. So Jason into Springwood to cause fear and panic so that he can amplify his strength and then be able to come back. But once you let uh, Jason loose, it's not like you can stop him, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like you can be like, I need you to go just kill a couple people, get a little bit of scare and get everybody going. And then I'll come in and like, I'll take care of from there. Right. So he does. You can just, you can just, you can just, you can't bench him. Yeah. He just won't. Yeah. So, you know, once he starts swinging that machete, you're not going to get him to stop. So Freddy's like, whoa. So then he has to go and fight him basically. So to stop him. Um, but now you have the civilians involved, and then they realize, oh, well, if we bring Freddy into the real world out of Jason's dream world, because he's technically able to control Jason because it's Jason dreaming. Okay. But again, the subconscious of Jason doesn't know it's dreaming, so it's just killing. <laughs> so they drag him out, and then, you know, Jason and Freddy go to town on each other. It's fantastic because, like... um, Freddy cuts like Jason's hand, like fingers off his hand and and like takes the machete from him and stabs him. And then Jason rips fucking Freddy's arm off where his where his blades are. And he just shoves the the nub that is left of his hand through Freddy. So they basically fight each other. And and while they're fighting, the civilians are able to like decapitate, you know, Freddy and and defeat Jason and throw them into the into the lake. And you at the end you think that Jason won because he comes out of the uh he comes out of the lake carrying um Freddy's head. Like he defeated him. But when the cat when it goes, you know, when they do the close up on Freddy's face, he winks at the camera. So you're like, oh, he's dreaming that he killed him. Never died. So we never have a clear winner. So that's that is all until the the official remake in 2010. Okay. This one was cool because it, uh they they did they hired Jackie Earl Haley, right? The Roshark from the Watchmen movies and from the 1970s um uh Bad News Bears. Really good actor, really really good actor. Made a great comeback. Um and they just retell the story, right? Of here they actually go back to uh they didn't want it they didn't want it to be campy, they didn't want it to be jokey. So they went back and they said, Okay, we're gonna go with the original intent of Wes Craven, which is a much darker, actually, you know, a real horror film. Not not what it turned into, right? Not like the comedic thing that it turned into. And they went back and they they did make him a um a child uh, molester. Um and and in this one, like they they trap him in a in a in a shed and they burn him alive like that all is shown 
Damn. And and then for the special effects to make they really went all out with just enough VX to be able to make it look like he he really was a burn victim. You know, like in the other one, it was, you know, when you look at the picture, yeah. no, here they use a little bit of CGI and prosthetics and everything. And he looks like a burn victim. Like it's, it's really, it's actually very well done. Very well done. But yeah, but I think in this one, like I, they, they, they took the best out of the other ones, which was pull Freddy out of the dream world and then you can kill him kind of thing. So, but no, it was actually a really good remake though, because they, they again, they went back to the original stuff and, and they took out the corny one-liners and uh, the campy stuff and they just went straight for horror and again jackie uh, earl haley is is a phenomenal actor so he did a fantastic job with that but yeah so that was all the movies um so then like i mentioned we have a tv show so 1988 1988 was right around the time the fourth film came out the dream masters and it was an interesting concept for a TV show, right? Because you think Nightmare on Elm Street, the TV show, and you would have thought, you know. But no, what it ended up being was it ended up being like a Twilight Zone, different horror stories each week, you know. Wow. And the show was hosted by Freddy Krueger, but he was actually not in any of the stories, <laughs> you know. So he was like the Crypt Keeper, remember, from like um, the Crypt Keeper was Tells from the Crypt. Um, but yeah, so the TV show was that basically. It was it was uh, Freddy Krueger introducing segments of a TV show of a horror story. Yeah, he was like the uh, he's, he was the guy that said, uh, "Imagine if you will." Yes, <laughs> but you know what? It ran for two seasons and it was total uh, forty four episodes. That surprised me. It's pretty good. And, I mean, honestly, and Freddy Krueger got to be uh, played by Robert Englund. He played him in like with the exception of the remake. Um, he played him for all eight films and and two seasons of this TV show. It's not a bad gig. Not a bad gig. Jason for I wonder. I wonder if you thought that going in. (laughs) Mona, this is gonna. This is gonna. We're gonna do this for a minute. Well, if we're gonna go into the fun facts, let's go real quickly into the casting. So, the guy who ended up playing Jason Voorhees, uh, Kane Hodder, Hoder, he was actually the um, the the second choice for the role. Um, and Robert Englund ended up being the third choice, but, but it gets funny though. It gets funny because in part three, I want to say, or was it part two in one of the movies they thought they didn't need, um, Robert Englund. I think it was in part two then. Yeah. They thought they didn't need him. They're like, it's just a guy in a mask. It could be anybody. So they hired another guy and you know, he never had any lines or anything, but it became very obvious that like the physical acting of Robert England made a huge difference in the Freddy character. So they ended yeah. up calling him back and being more like, about that, we do need you after all. He just had the right physique for it and the right move where yeah. where he stood apart from the other slasher characters. So that's how he basically ended up keeping the gig for that long because like he he created the character and it worked. That's funny too because like sometimes you'll look at some of that behind the scenes stuff and some of the process like a, an actor will have when they're doing a character is that they'll they'll you know they'll intentionally incorporate some like particular mannerism or you know that's why they get paid the big bucks but like so he he definitely brought something beyond just I'm here saying the part that's cool uh, so another fun fun fact about about casting so Johnny Depp was cast for 
the the main character, right? Glenn, the second main character. Uh, Nancy was the main character. So um, um, Charlie Sheen was offered the role, and he turned it down because uh, he was uh, he well he didn't turn it down basically, but he was pa- he passed because um, he was asking for twice the weekly wages um, of what the normal uh, actors were getting. So he was already hot enough where he could ask for more cash. And uh, mm. so that's one story. The other story is that Charlie Sheen just didn't get it. He read the script. He met with Wes Craven. He's like, I don't get it. And it was like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, just did not, you know, because even he says he's like, he goes, I wasn't even about money. Then he goes, I could tell you it was about money later, years later. He goes, but then I don't think it was about money. He said, I, I think it was just I didn't get the film. So. But yeah, that was interesting. That would have been an interesting role. For Charlie yeah. Sheen to have been that yeah, character. I was trying to picture him doing. Um, so yeah, so so that so another fun fact was that um, um, so as I mentioned, right, uh, uh, Wes Craven did not do part two, so he didn't participate in that in that at all. Uh, he did not want the the original to actually turn into a franchise. That was never his intent. That's why he never did mm. a sequel, but. Due to how terribly Freddy's Revenge Part Two did, he signed on to co-write the screenplay for the third ins- installment, with the intention that it would end the series. <laughs> he kept trying to stop it. He he couldn't even stop Freddy. Exactly. So unfortunately, because of the success of Dream Warriors, it prompted Damn. the continuation of the series. That's funny, dude. So, but I mean, it goes to show you how much he, he knew the character and wrote well. It's um, funny too if you if you do bad enough, he's just like, okay, come on, guys. What was the story that Daniel Craig wasn't going to do another 007 until he heard yeah. who who they were thinking for the film, and he's like, no, nope, yeah. I'll come back. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> oh, uh, fun fact: Do you know the band Dokken? I a, I think I've heard the name. Yeah, it's I, mean, a, I don't know anything about him. It's a metal band, yeah, or Dokken, Dokken, Dokken. Anyway, they wrote the song "Dream Warriors." for the film and uh did really well with the soundtrack because of it they they ended up putting more metal into the into the movie because of uh, the success of that song so jason versus freddy was the most expensive of the films uh first i knew jason was cast so the same guy that was playing jason Voorhees was not used for this film they hired somebody else on the script alone gabe they spent six million dollars just developing the script for Jason versus Freddy. Six million. Now, the reason why I bring this up, Gabe, is because the budget for each of the first three films, okay? The budget be comically low. Yeah. The budget for the first three films, first film was 1.8, second film was 3 million, fourth film was somewhere between 4.3 and 4.6. So those three films alone would have been under 10,000, 10, 10 million. The script for Jason versus Freddy was 6 million. The total budget of that film was 30 million. So the first film, 1.8 million, makes 57 million worldwide. 1.857. Part two, 3 million. They go up on the budget, but they only make 29. Part, so. th- part three, Wes Craven comes back writes the dream warriors he spends 4.3 million he gets 44 million back 
Part 4, The Dream Master, 6.5 million, gets 49 back. It's not bad. Okay. The Dream Child, 8 million, only makes 22 million back. The Final Nightmare, 9 million, gets 34 back. The New Nightmare, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, 8 million budget, made only 19 million. Ooh. Freddy versus Jason, 30 million dollar budget, 116 million. I was going to say it had to make more just because of the yeah, the, they the, the fandoms. Quadrupled the budget. Yeah, no, and that, that's yeah. The remake 35 million. Now this is 2010 money, so you know, 35 million is nothing. And they got 115 million. So total spent on budget of these nine films was 105 million total worldwide gross was 490 considering the first three were were less than 10 million and they made over 150 it's pretty good it's pretty good yeah it's just you know it's 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 what we've said this whole time it's like you're just you know it's it's these are the the working man genre you just go you go go make your your annual or semi-annual or whatever film punch your clock and then you get your return yep um, another fun fact. So in, in Freddy's Dead, that final nightmare, this was the venture into 3D. Oh. Yeah. Oh. The last 10 minutes of the film are in 3D. So it's where they would ask the audience to put on the 3D glasses so they could experience Freddy coming out, trying to kill them. Um, and they push it because in the movie, she also puts on 3D glasses. So it's how you know you're in the 3D world. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Um, that's a clever. That's a clever uh, incorporation. Yeah. Uh, notable actors I've said along the way, right? Johnny Depp, Larry Fishburne. This is not a. Again, I think horror films just don't get that. You know. It's not quite the same. Yeah. Not quite the same that the of what we talked about. Um, other spinoffs you have, novelization between 1987 and 2003. Freddy Krueger is in every one of them, right? So. They, they every everything every movie was basically novelized several comic book series were published by marvel comics innovation comics trident commons avatar press and, and wildstorm recently and this was the biggest surprise to me because for some reason i thought no there's been more only two video games were made out of uh, out of based out of this film interesting yeah right and they were both in the in 1990 one was for one was for nintendo and one was for the Commodore 64. Huh. And both heavily based on the Dream Warriors, uh, the Dream Master sequence. So I was very surprised because I was like, I feel like this is this would be like something that would have been redone. Like like Hollow. Well, actually, I don't even know if there's been when we do the Halloween series, we'll find out. But like Friday, you know, like like Friday, the, uh, Friday the 13th, like there was a few. Yeah. Did they ever use a Freddy in the? I don't think they even used him in the Mortal Kombat ones, right? He wasn't. He wasn't a playable character, huh? I don't. I don't think so. Let's see. At least my recent yeah, no, didn't show. I don't see him in the video game references. I looked up a thing for. I wanted to see specifically animated because I remember the Rick and Morty, Scary Terry. Okay. Uh who is a uh, distinct enough because he has miniature swords for hands instead of knives. <laughs> okay. I mean, you can't too. <laughs> you can't. It's impossible. And he calls everyone bitch. That was the difference as well. <laughs> he ends every sentence with bitch. But uh, yeah, they, they, they did that. Um, obviously like uh, 
the Simpsons, Family Guy have all had some homage South Park, either yeah. directly or kind of indirectly, by by making it a different type of gag. Like Family Guy did it, where like uh, Peter laughs so hard at a joke he craps his pants, and so Freddy comes to Quagmire in a dream and makes him tell Peter jokes in his dreams to make him crap himself. That's their that's their take Jesus on it. Christ. They're safe. <laughs> that's funny. It doesn't kill you. <laughs> yeah. No. But yeah. So. Yeah, and I was gonna say. I mean, I, I, I always just again because I was, I was young when these came out, so they've always been part of my culture. Like I'm all like, yeah. When I think of Boogeyman, I don't think of any of the newer ones. I think the most newest one I think of is like the Jeeper Creepers guy. But you know, like I, I, I always tend to reference Halloween, Jason, you know, Freddy. Uh, those are like the main three that I think everyone around our age range probably refers to maybe now jigsaw right you know yeah a lot of people i've heard talk about that because that's gone on long enough now and that started like late early he is in mortal kombat he is okay it wasn't in the homage because it's like i guess it's considered more of a direct incorporation oh interesting uh hang on where does it say here which one it's just in 2011 just it was called at the time again they did the whole it's just mortal kombat it wasn't a number (laughs) The first guest character available through DLC on all platforms through the season pass. He later appeared in the Mortal Kombat mobile as well. So he had two appearances technically. Interesting. Okay. But yeah, I think it's one of those guys that, I mean, I feel like in 10 years, potentially he won't be as referenced, you know, unless they continue making them. Just Yeah, they got to. Because then it it'll, it'll be people like me in their 50s and 60s, you know, and you're like, nobody wants to hear a 60-year-old talk about pop culture. They're going to do that meme. Yeah, they're going to do that meme where it's like, you know, the old person being walked by the young person. It's like, when I was young, Freddy Krueger was the to be like, okay, Grandpa, <laughs> let's get you down. Let's get you to dinner. <laughs> so question, Gabe. Do you ever foresee yourself in a situation where you would watch one of these films? Like in like intentionally like like myself just go say I'm gonna go put this on yeah no do you ever feel like maybe in the group friend that you have because of how involved you are with Halloween that someday maybe somebody would put this on maybe if if somebody likes it or again like honestly like I don't have the same situation like back when I had like satellite like television that was more like just you put something on and it's just on like if it's on like I you know I'll sit there yeah I mean honestly the <laughs> my experience the only reason I saw so I saw um, the Devil's Rejects, the Rob Zombie one, right? Mm-hmm. And it's another new movie that I would have never sat down to watch, right? But we were on uh, area guard, and so we were like the react guys. So we weren't on post, and so we just had to be there. <laughs> and so we're literally sitting on a couch in the squad bay, and there's like a TV and just tons of movies. And so people, all we did was sit there and watch movies for the, you know, until unless until somebody called for react. We just like sat there. And so like somebody wanted to watch that. And again, I'm just, I don't, I don't care. I'm just here to kill time. So I watched the devil's rejects, which, you know, I was like, I would have never picked this, but I saw it. Okay. So like, you know, in a situation like that. Yeah, sure. I'm being paid. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But, but honestly, if you ever watch it, I would suggest watching the first one just for the familiar faces. Right. But, But yeah, it, there's a tone that isn't scary. It's just it's, right. It's yeah. There's a there's a campiness to it, especially because of Freddy Krueger's one-liners. He definitely like he he definitely um, will chew up the scene. I think that's the the difference a little bit because again they shied away from being too. They didn't do the child 
they did, yeah, yeah, yeah. angle, you know? Uh, the 80s, it was a little bit, a little bit more tongue-in-cheek, perhaps, in, in how they did their, their horror. Because we went into, like, the Saw, you mentioned Saw's, like, that went into the complete, like, gore. Like, that's gore horror or whatever, yeah, like, where they're yeah. trying to shock you with the kind of, you know, eyeballs popping out of your face and exploding and all kinds of, how can we, like, make, make it gross? Yeah. All right. But yeah, I figured this was uh, going to be just mostly me just because of uh, of your lack of it. But no, that's great. Um, you know, thanks for listening. Find us at Pop Culture Hangfire on Instagram. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>